Hi there, this is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the Consultants Consultant. I work with data science teams, helping them work even smarter, faster and nicer. If you're brilliant and you want to be even better, this is the podcast for you. So today I have, Sachin, I've forgotten your name. Kumar. Oh, Kumar. Kumar. How can I forget that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Shalendra Kumar, who we had on a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Possibly no relation. No, no relation at all. <laughs> Half the people in India are known by surname Kumar. So So what's the story with that? Is it just a tradition? It's like Smith? It's, it's a, Jones? It's not even a surname, actually. What it's a it? made-up name. Uh, basically, you know, uh, anyone who doesn't want to reveal their surname, just keep it as a dummy, as a Kumar. Oh, really? Which doesn't mean anything. Oh, so you have a surname that nobody knows? That's right. <gasps> wow, who does know the bank? I know, no bank would know because my official name is Sachin Kumar. Right. My friends would know. Right. Whomever I want to talk to. Right. But uh, it's more related to a few of the practices that were there in India, you know, with around caste system and all those stuff. Mm-hmm. So people who said, you know, we don't want to be associated because surnames are associated with the caste system and all those right, stuff. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. said. So if you want to free yourself from that. Yeah. You just put a Kumar at the end. So you belong to no, no caste at all. Kind of. And, and Kumar means something? Does it have a name? Like, is it a, is it a got a meaning? It means bachelor. Bachelor? That's it. Kumar means bachelor, but it actually doesn't mean anything in no, the No, no, because it's become diluted. <laughs> That's wow. right. Didn't know. Well, Sachin Kumar has joined us today. Sachin works with Aaron Artery and Christina Igusto. We can I will link to the podcast that they've done. And um, tell me, so tell me, you were telling me before, how did you get into data analytics? What what led you there? So uh, me coming to data analytics was kind of you know more an accident, but also it feels like it was meant to be mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've studied the uh, part of data analytics in my uh, in my course. Mm-hmm. Uh, with economics, statistics, always been. Mm-hmm. And I've been very good at maths. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a kid, I used to flunk in a lot of subjects, but my but maths was maths. like best in the class kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, then I went on to do my engineering and I was working into a software company. But even there, my work was more related to SQL development and all those stuff. Uh, and then uh, there was a time when I wasn't liking my work so much because I didn't understand how it really made any value. What yeah. kind of value it added? How did the customer really use the software or anything? And uh, talking to a few folks, I uh, accidentally tumbled upon uh, Mu Sigma, mm-hmm. which is one of the largest uh, pure play data analytics company in the world. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who was working there and he asked me to come and sit for an interview. Mm-hmm. I went there and I pretty much liked the kind of problem they were solving and yeah. the whole world of data analytics, which was pretty new at that mm-hmm. time. So it felt exciting that I could really understand mm-hmm. where things are and how you add value to an organization yeah. Yeah, rather yeah. than just building something. So, so it's important to you to add value. That's one of your key values is that you add value, is it? Absolutely. I need to really understand the work that I do, how it really adds value to the business mm-hmm. and where people are using it, mm-hmm. you know, how it has been used. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important to me. I've always been curious mm-hmm. how the whole business function works. Yeah. And how can we make changes to that to make improve those business functions? Mm. Mm. So. And so you got your wish by becoming a data analyst. So you work for Moose Sigma and now you're working with Customer Crunch. Was there a bit in the middle? 
Uh, that's right. So uh, it started with Mu Sigma in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was almost eight years ago, yeah, and yeah. I was a senior business. When analyst. data was something that nobody knew about. Absolutely, no one used to understand. When I said, you know, I'm working in data analytics, and they were like, you know, why did you leave the field of IT and you've gone yeah. into something? Something shaking. No one understand. <laughs> <laughs> Even I had tough time explaining my parents what the work I do. Mm. Uh, it still takes some time, but now they understand it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for many people i just couldn't explain them what work i do yeah. uh, and now it feels good you know after 8 years when pretty much the entire world is talking about data analytics yes and you know you were one of the earlier ones the to get black data. now it's like jay that is the new sexy so everybody yeah. knows it there's not a tv show about data analytics yet though is there ah oh, that's right can't think Maybe of it you could write a sitcom with the data analyst as the Yeah, it's something like the big bang theory and you know, a yeah, bunch of big, geeks but yes <laughs> exactly exactly i suppose big bang kind of brought the idea of it's okay to be smart into yeah. the world into that's right i mean smartness is the new sexiness yeah i was out of it i got good excellent that's what i love to hear yeah. um so you what makes what makes a good data analyst for you what's when you because you've worked in the industry now for 8 years that's a long time <laughs> uh, it's been a long time and i've seen uh, you know many of people now coming into this industry mm-hmm. and kind of it has been flooded with a lot of people coming in mm-hmm. and they want to be part of the data analytics industry or mm-hmm. data science as they call it now mm-hmm. uh and i believe uh, data science is a combination of uh, applied mathematics and technology mm-hmm. but there's a bigger component to it which is business Mm-hmm. having a business acumen and a problem solving capability ah so it's I'm, a combination of yeah. these four that kind of makes a good data scientist or yeah. what we could call a decision scientist yes because ultimately it's about the business decision yeah not about the data yeah. so it's about how do you solve the or help make business make a better decision using data analytics yeah. and for that you need to have that business that that's element of business insight to yeah. be able to kind of go here's what you're trying to do even if you don't know what you're trying to do as a customer yeah it's no, absolutely it's, and it's about uh, being able to talk the language of the business so that you understand the exact problem that they are trying to solve mm-hmm. a lot of time people look at the data and say you know what is it that we could do with it and uh, I mean that's one approach to it mm-hmm. but the approach that I like is you know you sit with the business to define the problem well what is the business problem that you're trying to solve yeah what are the kind of decisions that you know you're struggling with mm. that you need some help with mm. how can we help you with those business decision making mm. so it's basically giving business the confidence and you do that by setting an understanding first the problem and then going and looking at the data and understanding how you could really provide them the insights mm. to make the right decision yeah those could be with the help of a dashboard or it could be a sexy machine learning algorithm or anything that you build in the background is yeah. irrelevant it's mm. about the decision that you enable uh, which is the most important factor so so that brings me to the question i often ask which is how do you explain complex stuff to your stakeholders what are the what are the crutches or the models or the processes you use to make that easier for people to understand Great. So, you know, this has been an exciting <laughs> It's journey. It's a hard question, I don't. Yeah. No, it has been and it has been an exciting journey doing this because yeah. I remember uh, you know sometime back especially when this big data thing came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of time you had to go to uh, the business and sell them why yeah. do they even well, need this yeah. in a, a data analytics kind of projects. And unfortunately right now we are in a much better state. 
where everyone wants to do it. They really understand mm. that we need to do it. Uh, I think the problem that they're still having is how do they do it? Yeah. And how do they make sure everyone is aligned to mm-hmm. uh, this objective? So one of the things that uh, you know I use is, uh, initially, whenever we are defining the problem or understanding the problem, mm-hmm. we need to sit with the business to make sure it's a business priority for them. Yeah. Right? If it's Otherwise, not a business priority, yeah. that's right. So if it is, I mean, first understand why this is a priority what is the problem that they are trying to solve mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time on the problem itself so that pretty much the business and the analytics team are well aligned on the problem that we are trying to solve mm-hmm. and the business benefit that it will deliver mm-hmm. once you have solved that problem. Once we do that, it's about translating that business problem into an analytical problem yes. and breaking it down into those smaller chunks of analytical problem that needs to be solved. Mm-hmm. Once you solve those problems, it's about bringing it together and mm-hmm. translating it back to the business. Now, the initial part plays a bigger role because whenever we have asked the business, how do they make a decision? What are the things that they are looking at? You need to talk to them back exactly in that language. Right. So whatever language they've used is the language you use back. That's ah. right. And kind of connect it back as to where this insight will help you. Yeah. And not kind of leave it black box to say, you know, there's a magical thing. I put the data and this has come out, so (laughs) take it and leave, kind of, it's basically explaining them exactly, you know, if we are suggesting this particular thing, what has led us to that, and talking that in a business language. So they might say things like, we want to know which customers give us, are the ones we should be approaching for, to increase their investment in our our products, you've got to use that same word. So this is the answer to how you can increase investment in your product. So you mirror back the language that they use. That's right. I mean, when we were uh, looking at, for example, if you're looking at a problem of identifying a fraud, an insurance fraud. Uh, So, you know, uh, there are insurance fraud, uh, the claim agents who Mm -hmm. are an expert into identifying a fraud. Mm -hmm. And the way they identify is they ask a few questions to the claimants to understand yes. and make those decisions. And they're kind of working on gut feel, but not That's just gut feel. Yeah. Not just gut feel. They have a long year of experience of yes. what exactly they're looking for. So whenever we start a project, we sit with these agents or even the call center people or anyone who touches a customer and look at the way that they are kind of investigating the kind of questions they ask mm-hmm. and the kind of hypothesis they go with. Exactly. Yeah. So based on that, we build our hypothesis Yes. to say that these are the things that we would be looking at as well mm-hmm. and kind of also think for first principle, what else is missing? Mm-hmm. Then put in data over there, build up the insights. Mm-hmm. And then we are saying, you know, these are the guys that you should be actually investigating. We tell them, you know, based on these five things that you look for, these we guys... these other customers you weren't even aware of. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So these guys go high into things that you look for. And yeah. that's why we are recommending these customers. So they understand. Ah, okay. Right, yeah. I used that's your cool. criteria and I just looked harder because I can that's look right. at millions of pieces of data. Pieces. Yeah. So you've worked in insurance, you've worked in healthcare, you've worked in what other kinds of industries have you worked in? So I've worked extensively in insurance, banking, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, health insurance. Because that's where they kind of started, data started there, really, didn't it? That's right. I mean, in a lot of ways, actuaries were the first ones to kind of build the whole pricing models and all those stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the whole field of marketing analytics came in and now pretty much it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, actuaries are a bit kind of left behind now, I feel, based on the data analytics, so they were the one who yeah, yeah. kind I of thought, started we it. We forgot but, that they did, because yeah, now we're into all kinds of different stuff. That's right. So, it's, uh, I mean, it's much more advanced right now. So I've also worked in retail, mm-hmm. and I've uh, 
worked with some care organizations. I've worked with gaming industry. Uh-huh. So a wide variety wow, of yeah, companies that I've worked with. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, there's nothing, there's no place that data couldn't, data analytics, data science, decision science couldn't help, is no, there? Absolutely not. I mean, we have now worked with uh, some uh, transport companies and even transport organiza- uh, associations. Uh-huh. And we've seen that even they benefit, even if with a smaller base of 1,000 clients, yeah, yeah. they still benefit with uh, the whole data analytics uh-huh. and kind of the decision science that uh, this enables. Yes, because yeah. it means they make better decisions. They have to make fewer decisions because the data is making some decisions for them. Most people must be going, this is great. I don't have to decide anymore. I don't have to carry the can for a problem That's because right. I made the decision based on the data. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So are there, are there, in your experience, are there people misusing data or misusing decision science? Not so much. I think uh, uh, there are a few cases there where this had started, I feel. I know where you could say that uh, using data, you could find things that people don't want to reveal. And that's where all ah. the privacy laws and all those things started to come in. Yes. Uh, you know, which have become stricter. And there is a reason they came because there were people who were misusing data to find things about they the customers. They were selecting who, the data that they wanted. And, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, and it hasn't happened in my personal experience, mm-hmm. but I definitely know that uh, there are news around that. and laws that are being built uh, mm. to make sure that this doesn't happen. So yeah. absolutely there are things that are happening. Uh, those examples like understanding the genes of people to give yes. them insurance and all those things. I think those are misuse Thanks. of data in yeah. a lot of way. And then Slonsky was on the podcast. I haven't put it up. At the time we're recording this, which is just before Christmas, mm. I haven't put it up, but I will be putting it up probably this week. Right. And she talks about this, certainly um, the Institute of... Uh, analytics professionals, yep. uh, they had a conference and one of the things they talked about was just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. There are certain things you shouldn't, you shouldn't touch, yeah. just leave them alone. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is very obvious that we could, I mean, credit card companies don't know so much about me. No, they do. But I think it's about helping the customer at the mm. end because, mm. you know, most of the company are learning to realize that uh, being more customer centric is important. Mm. You know, if you just do things about uh, having more and more commercial intent, mm. uh, it doesn't work in the long run. Well, so because the customers will go, I'll go somewhere else who's going to treat me like a person. Yes, I'm having that discussion with the people who put my roof up. It's all beautifully, ident- you know, the roof went up and it's all automated. The back end's all automated. So when I go, I need a warranty claim. It's been three years and there's a hole. Yeah. I'm getting emails and texts, yeah. but not a single person has spoken to me and it's been four weeks since I reported the hole in my roof. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I want to speak to a human. <laughs> I know your data. It's like I love that your back ends are automated. I love yeah. that. It's probably really good for your business. But talk to me. Talk to me. That's <laughs> Pick up the phone. Uh, it has to be the right mix of technology and human. Yeah. Because... Only technology cannot solve for uh, all the problems. Mm. So you need a human to basically technology to equip the human to make the right yes. decision, yeah. not technology doing everything for you. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like don't well. replace yourself with a computer. That's right. Make the computer do the hard stuff. That's right. The boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that talk, talk human stuff, um, I know that for many data science people, professionals, shall we call them, um, talking to clients is tough. Do you have any tips? How do you, how do you see people succeed or fail in terms of how they talk with the client and getting that context and stuff? 
Uh, I think there are a lot of reason why people struggle to communicate uh, you know with the client. I mm-hmm. mean, one a lot of uh, data scientists are very introverted yes. in, in their nature. You know, they are smart geeks, but they don't understand the emotional intelligence yes. part of it. Yeah. Uh, there is also a thing where they think they are much smarter. Yes. <laughs> and, and they, they are. are. <laughs> they are. Some of them are. <laughs> but they are smarter in their own field. Yes, yes. And the business people are smarter in their own field. Yes. So I think it's about respecting each other. Yeah. And understanding that those guys are smart. We need to learn from them mm. because we are solving their problem. Yeah. Uh, it's not that we are at the center of it. You know, it's always keeping your customer at the center of it, mm. of the problem that you're trying to solve. And not keeping data or the smartness in the, the center of it, yeah. know, which is where a lot. Unless, of, of course, you're in a data a data center where somebody else goes and does all the business stuff for you, but then you better treat them like gold. God. <laughs> <laughs> somebody um, interfaces so you don't have to. Fabulous, great idea. Yeah. So um, I think uh, you know, and there is a lot of things around uh, the whole discipline of data science itself because. The language of data science uh, is more the mathematical language mm-hmm. in a lot of sense, but data scientists have also have to be uh, kind of uh, coached in the business language mm-hmm. because that's very different to a mathematical language. Yes. Uh, so they don't. They kind of struggle to talk to business because they've never been given that understanding that the whole business language is very important for them to understand. So, and that's yeah. a big part of the data analytics problem solving mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Yeah, essentially, uh, if you can't talk customer, yeah, and and see, so because a lot of people who are gifted with data will do chemistry or physics and IT, IT and yeah. and they won't necessarily touch. They'll do stats, but they won't touch economics or they won't that's touch right. you know business or that's human resources it. or whatever. Yeah. So partly, it's a gap in education. Do you think? It's a gap. It's a big gap in education. Uh, when data science came in, I think it was kind of on its own. No yeah. one really knew uh, where it belonged. We just so made this thing up. <laughs> it just came up on its own. And then suddenly it was like, you know, a lot of IT company thought it was theirs. Yeah. So they wanted to make it theirs. A lot yeah. of consulting company thought it was theirs. Uh, but again, the consulting companies are good with business. You know, they yeah, can yeah. talk to so they thought all it was the clients. <laughs> they thought it was there, so you know they wanted to keep it. Yeah. But they didn't understand the applied mathematics and the technology part of it. Mm. And then the IT companies thought they can keep it, but they didn't understand the whole again the business part of it and also the applied mathematics part of it. So it kind of has developed in its own in a bastardized form. Yes. Uh, kind of looking for its own identity mm-hmm. in a lot of way. And do you think it's found mm. it yet? I don't think it has found it yet, you know, especially in uh, Australia right now. Mm-hmm. When I look, I think in Australia, I feel, uh, you know, it's more owned by the IT. Right. Because most of the IT companies have kind of sold analytics in Australia. Right. And that's where you'll see there are big, uh, uh, big programs of work that go in terms of data transformation and all those stuff where, you know, companies are trying to build data lakes and put all the data in one place. And until unless they do that, they feel they can't do analytics. Mm. But that's a IT perspective to it. Yes. Because they understand that you know big data centers, big data lakes, and all yeah. those stuff will need a lot of IT investment, and they understand that language very well. Yes, and so they know how to buy things. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but and how copy do you things really, from one to the other. That's right. You know, you take the whole thing that was there in the earlier database, and then you put it into a data lake, and you know you feel that now it will all run faster. <laughs> but it's again the same issues and then you go to the next step you know where you take it to the cloud or something else yeah yeah but you're next still not using the data else. for anything you're That's just right. 
Collecting it in a bigger place. Collecting it. And the big problem is people are not looking at the problem-solving aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. I think the problem-solving aspect can connect very well the business side and the data side of it very Mm -hmm. well. Because problem-solving thing is something that everyone understands. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a logical language. Yes. And if uh, people can talk in terms of problem-solving, what problem they're trying to solve for Mm -hmm. and spend a lot of time with the problem, I think this gap between data science and the business could be kind of narrowed or even become mm-hmm. one in a lot yeah. of ways. And so that's part of your mission, is it, to bring those two together? That's right. Now, that's something that I kind of look forward to. You know, in fact, uh, I went for uh, this Martini yes. value determination yeah. system. I did the breakthrough experience as well. Okay. Did you love it? Oh, I loved it. It was two days of kind of uh, breaking through a lot of barriers. And it's more a self-discovery, understanding mm-hmm. myself, you know, things that now feels quite obvious. Yes. Uh, but it's only once you go through that whole scientific process and put it there, you're like, this is what it actually means. Yes. Right. So when I did the whole process of understanding my value, mm-hmm. you know, things that I spend my time on, things that I spend my money on, things that I'm most passionate about, things mm-hmm. that, you know, no one needs to wake me up. To yes. kind of do that stuff, you know, I'm kind of self-driven to do those things. Yes. And then there'll be other things which I'm not at all disciplined. I'll kind of leave things <laughs> procrastinated and all those Because they're not important to you. They're not important to me. Yeah. So understanding that part, you know, there are three things that came very prominent for me. Uh-huh. Uh, one by a big mile was problem solving. Yes. Uh, the second was my uh, health and fitness. Oh, okay. Yes. And third was travel. Right, okay. But problem solving was like it occupies so much time and space yeah. and money for me. Yeah. That, that's kind of the only thing that I do in a yes. lot of ways. If you can problem solve while traveling and still staying fit while doing a stand-up desk or all those, um, you know, that's right. you'd be That's you'd why, be you know, I keep running between clients so that, yeah. you know, that kind of back <laughs> to my health. And I can solve different problems, you know, in different parts of the world and with different yeah. kind of industries. Yeah, in yeah, that yeah, way. totally. So, the variety yeah. would come into there a little bit then, I guess. That's right. I mean, because problem solving doesn't again have a very specific, uh, you know, you when you say there's an industry that you are related to, either you're an expert in insurance or mm. you're an expert in retail or gaming. But if you're an expert in problem solving yes, and data, it's pretty much you can be anywhere and solve multiple problems, learn from each problem mm. and kind of also connect the dots yes. between different industries. Because what I love is to see what is working in retail and how that can be brought into a different industry. And we do that very often. uh, When I went into gaming, it was pretty new for me. Uh, So one of the largest gaming companies here in Australia. And uh, they had a bunch of problems. Uh, They're looking at around 12 big problems, how to really go about solving those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing that I love to do is spend a lot of time in problem. There's something that uh, a quote from Einstein, yes. Albert Einstein, he said, if he had one hour to kind of uh, uh, save the world, you know, yes. he'll spend 55 minutes in understanding the problem yes. and five minutes in Actually, the solution yeah, yeah. part yes. of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that kind of you know, resonates very well with me, kind of yeah. how do you marinate through the whole problem, yeah. understand it pretty well, uh, break it down into smaller components, mm-hmm. into the smallest component that can be solved for. And then you start to connect the dots yeah. to come up with a good solution. So it's kind of like a Sherlock Holmes mystery or an NCIS where all the evidence is laid out, but it's not till the end that you suddenly go, That's it all right. works together. Yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes approach kind of uh, resonates very well. You know? That's yeah, yeah. why he comes with different hypotheses on what are the possibilities, Yes. kind of negate each one of them. And before he has that aha moment to say, oh, 
that's what it is. So, uh, do you have a favourite Sherlock Holmes movie or book? I have watched pretty much all of them, kind of. You know, any Sherlock Holmes. I'm also looking forward to the new one that's coming oh, in December. Yes, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, is that a comedy? It's, it's a comedy, but so, you know, because it has Sherlock and Holmes, I have to watch it. Yeah, kind of, exactly. <laughs> see exactly. what I've, what perspective they have brought to it. Yes, because I really yeah. love the Benedict Cumberbatch one. Did you see those ones? That was really good. Yeah, yeah. Was the whole uh, season was pretty good. It was, it was kind of like a new twist on the old ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Plus, good it had data, like, in his head. You could see that data in his head. I like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, it looks at so many hypotheses, every possibilities, and kind of yeah. you know, negating each one of them or finding evidence to support each mm-hmm. one of them before it comes to a conclusion. And that's the fun part of problem solving. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you said earlier that it was important to you to make a difference. So you don't want to just... You want to solve the problem, but they're going to be important problems, I guess, that are, making, right. that are going to change something. Absolutely. I mean, it helps in a lot of way. Uh, kind of the data analytics adoption uh, will only happen if they're solving for these important problems, mm-hmm. uh, problems that are really a priority for the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, it happens we come up with some very good solutions and everyone kind of you know claps and appreciates for it. But they say it doesn't, that change, anything. doesn't change anything. You know, yeah. They say this wasn't a priority problem for us. Ultimately, it needs people even in the business to really implement those solutions. Is there a danger that people might be solving unimportant problems? I think that is the case in uh, uh, because a lot of time we see what data is available, right. especially when you start with saying, you know, I've got this data, what do I do with this? Yeah, what can I do with this rather than... Right. So then you say, you know, okay, let me, I can, you know, I have this particular data, I can put it into a model and I'll get a good solution out of yeah. it. And the solution is good, you know, it's perfect, but there is no need for that solution at this point of time. It's pretty much like, you know, a lot of time you search for your lost key in the light. Yes. You might have dropped it there, but you say, because oh, there's I no can, light to work. Yes, yes, I'll just look where, where it's easy to <laughs> Where it's easy to exactly. Make. Yeah, exactly. And so if you, if you solve the unimportant problems, you'll get what my roofers are doing, yeah. which is essentially, I'm very much aware of the fact that they haven't seen me because they keep reminding me that they haven't come to see me, right. but they don't actually send anybody or, and then when they do call me, they go, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. We shouldn't have called you. <laughs> Great. No, Someone's cool. helped you solve the unimportant problems, but not the ones of fixing that my roof. Fixing the roof. <laughs> That's right. You know, you have to be in the mix of business to really understand the yeah. problem and solve the problem and measure the impact of it at all time. Because mm. that's an, uh, another big aspect of it which goes missing. Mm. You know, once you're given the solution, a lot of time people feel that their work is done and now it's the business task to take it and kind of do something with it. And it's not, it's but it doesn't happen in that way. We need to kind of uh, help uh, work with the business, uh, prototype the whole solution, you know, prototype the whole implementation of it, mm-hmm. show them the benefit of it in the in the first two months uh, to say how this will be useful for them. Mm-hmm. And then once they're used to uh, using these solution, kind of leave them with it. Mm-hmm. But again, every solution becomes irrelevant. You know, mm-hmm. Nowadays, the world is changing so quickly that anything that you build doesn't have a long shelf life. No, you have to keep on testing and learning, essentially. So you need to measure it, you need to learn from it, you need to keep updating it and changing it Mm -hmm. all the time. So you talked before about health and fitness. Talk to me about how do you, what's your health and fitness routine? So I uh, go to boot camp every day. (gasps) 
Oh my god, that sounds like the worst nightmare in the world. No, it's fun. Yeah. So I get up early in the morning. Right. And this is like uh, between seven to eight, I go to uh, burn one uh, thousand mm-hmm. uh, fitness. Uh, that's there in Milsons Point. Mm-hmm. And the goal over there, you know. Uh, they put uh, the whole uh, heart rate monitor and all those all stuff right, as okay, well right, yeah so you know i believe that anything that you are serious about you need to measure it yeah, yes, you need to put a kpi yes, to it absolutely. and you need to measure the success so totally even when i work out i put those heart rate monitors and other stuff yeah to see how well i worked out right and whether you know it shouldn't just be good gut feeling i'm pushing myself every day and you're solving a problem with that is there a problem you're solving with that i try to look for a problem everywhere <laughs> <laughs> You know, very recently, I uh, because I worked with this gaming company, yeah. uh, I got into understanding even how people uh, do the whole betting stuff. Right. So I gave it a try myself. Yes. More yes. from a problem-solving perspective. Yes, exactly. It was a pure experimentation. Yes. It was a good experiment. I really enjoyed that more to understand how can you really predict and understand how these horses behave or how between mm-hmm. different teams behave and how people. price for it and when could they get the pricing wrong which you can take advantage of yeah, yeah, those yeah, regards yeah. so ah so anywhere there is a any tips you can pass on there's no tips kind of the house you know, always wins the house always wins yeah. that's true but there are ways to to kind of to go about if you are really into a problem solving aspect of it and if you can break it down into understanding things in the right way yeah You could if you spend fifty-five minutes of your final hour understanding horse racing, yeah. and five minutes you could solve it. That's right. It just takes a second to place a bet. That's right. That's about the time you spend. Which bet? Yeah, exactly. Which bet to put? That's a good analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay, we're at twenty-eight minutes and thirty-nine seconds. Unbelievable. Wow. Um, talk to me about your time hacks. How do you? manage your time what do you do or what have you stopped doing to waste stop wasting time right. so uh, and i'm not a very efficient person and okay. i kind of don't like to claim that no. uh, but i like to kind of load myself with a lot of work okay. because i know that i'm inherently i would go into places where you know especially when i'm doing things that are not very high on my value system right yes i'm going to inherently so delay them and urgency just right. by having too much yes that's right so when i have uh, uh, when i put a lot of things on myself and also things that are high value to me right then i always have that sense of urgency to get it done mm-hmm. and kind of plan for it as well because it comes inherently when things are of high value mm-hmm. no one needs to tell me that this thing needs no. to be done you just going to do it That's right. So it's about understanding those values, uh, yeah. value system. Makes that, a huge difference to how you how you work. Absolutely, and even in uh, my family, there are a lot of things that I value. There are a lot of things that my wife values. Mm-hmm. Uh, she values planning and other stuff a lot. Right. So I kind of leave a <laughs> lot of those. It's good that somebody things. does. That's right. Because <laughs> you get to take holidays at the right time and actually get to stay places. That's yes. true. She does a lot of planning around holiday and everything and okay. stuff. So. Uh, kind of finding, you know, even when I when we are looking for the team, you know, when hiring and all those stuff, we need yeah. to look for complementary people. Yes. You know, who have complementary set of values. So, so that you've got you make sure there's some planners in your team, have you? That's right. We need to make sure we have good planners. We have people who can push each other. Yeah. And they can complement each other in mm-hmm. different areas. Uh, but for myself, I kind of like to load myself with a lot of work which are high on my value. Right. Which kind of keeps me pretty much on the toe all the time. Yeah. Um, when I was in productivity, we used to say that the time expands to fit the task. 
Absolutely. If you've only got one task and you hate doing it, it'll take three hours. Yeah. My dad used to, um, uh, he could mow the lawn in like 20 minutes if there was a, a game on the TV he wanted to see. But if there was a christening or a birthday party or something like that, it could take him three hours Jeez, to do the true. Yeah. Like the time, the time just expands to fit. To fit the ta- anything or the that task expands to fit the time yeah. or the sense of urgency that you have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so if, you've got, if you know that about yourself, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there anything you've given up because of time, because it's not important to you? And it's something you, you don't do anymore that you may have used to do. For example, I no longer feel I have to see Shakespeare. I do not have to see any art made before 1920, and I do not have to watch opera. Like These are things <laughs> that I felt as you know, in my 20s and 30s. I felt it was something I should do because it was culturally appropriate to do it. But I just... I kind of just, I find Shakespeare is a lot of work. It is, it and is. And that's those, where it comes to the value part. You know, every yeah. time we use this word, you know, I should be doing it. Yeah. It's someone else's value that we are exactly. kind of looking at ourselves. Yeah. So uh, is there anything you've given up? Like, I don't read books a lot. Okay. I, uh, I, were you ever a reader? I used to read a bit and I always thought, you know, I should be reading because, you know, you see those quotes that every successful person has to read five books a week or something like that. And and you have to spend so much time in reading and every time I pick up a book, you know, it's, I really can't get through it. It's pretty much not my thing. So I like to listen to podcasts. Ah, so you see the podcast, thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) All the friends stuff. So that's why (laughs) e-books work. It's a new book. Podcast is a new book. So those things work very well for me. Yeah. Uh, even if some books have been kind of the audio books, yeah. I can listen to them. But reading, uh, I guess I haven't been good since my childhood. So look, and I, I'm big. I, I am a big reader. I love reading, and I just spent the last two evenings. I read a novel. It must be the first novel in probably six months because I've been listening to podcasts, fiction and non-fiction. So I, you know, I listen to interviews and that kind of stuff. But I also listen to people reading short stories or reading books. And it's so pleasant. It is. It yeah, is very nice refreshing. to be read to or spoken to. That's true. You know, I think that's another factor whose voice is coming into your mm. ears. Kind of, it's not just your voice when mm. you're reading. You're yes, just listening exactly. to your own inner exactly. voice. Yes, exactly. Why isn't Stephen Fry, Fry narrating my thoughts right now? <laughs> I could probably reorganise that. Um, so so that's, we talk about what, you, what you've given up. Is there anything you want to take up? So is there something you're like, I really love to do this? No, for me, my problem solving is the biggest thing. So, you know, my dream is to be in all part of the world. Oh. Kind of solving different problems. Right, okay, you want to uh, be a traveling problem Traveling solver. business problem solver, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because different uh, you know, areas have different kind of problem. Yeah. And I like to learn from every problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also get a sense of satisfaction in solving those problems. Mm-hmm. But the learning that you take from them and then you implement that into another set of problems that you look for yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of uh, always gives me the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you're like a Dr. House. Dr. House, yeah. Travelling around solving everybody's problems. Or a Sherlock Holmes travelling everybody's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Dr. House is better because it's about health rather than Sherlock, which is about, you know, usually death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't really come back from that, apparently. Well, a few people in history have apparently done so, but, you know... It's a new story there. Yes, exactly. It's a totally different story. Um, so is there any advice you'd give to someone who was thinking about analytics as a career right now? Uh, true. So uh, you know, all the people who are looking at data analytics, I think you know, it's good to uh, understand the applied mathematics statistics part of it. Mm-hmm. They need to have equal focus on technology. 
and it's very very important mm-hmm. uh they need to be very very curious right that's very very important in everything mm-hmm. and our curiosity in understanding what the business problem is mm-hmm. this whole uh, world of data science changes so rapidly you know yesterday they were using some other technology today they'll be using something else tomorrow they'll be something else right they kept talking mm-hmm. about big data to a uh, few days back mm-hmm. now they suddenly talk about machine learning mm-hmm. ai tomorrow it will be something completely different and it changes something becomes irrelevant very quickly yes in this world and the new thing comes in which becomes a superhero very quickly okay. so it can't be that you know you are stuck with something which means you need a learning mindset all the time yeah and learning mindset comes with curiosity mm-hmm. so you need to be curious of what's new what's happening what's the problem that we are trying to solve for and all those things mm-hmm. ask a lot of question mm-hmm. because the quality of question determines the quality of answer yeah uh, a lot of time we forget that the questions determines the quality of your life of your life absolutely and yeah. that's where we need to ask a lot of question even and that's important but even in understanding the business problem mm-hmm. you know you need to ask those questions right questions yeah a uh, lot of time uh, you know when we play this 20 question game yeah we have the option to ask 20 question but even fifth question sometimes we like to jump to say is it this yeah right and that's kind of a tendency that we have yeah but we need to spend that 20 question yeah, yeah. to really determine what exactly someone is trying to understand yeah uh, so that's important yeah, yeah. be curious ask the right question and that's going to be the most important trait i guess uh, for any data scientist mm. because a lot of things can be done with the machine yeah. in the statistical part the and all this stuff so it's going to change the hardware is going to change that's but right. the questions won't change the questions won't change the mindset won't change mm. and we need to have the questions are more important yeah yeah cool well is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion well uh, <clears throat> the mostly i would say be curious mm-hmm. and ask a lot of questions be curious and ask a lot of questions because questions are the most important thing yeah yeah and like you said questions will always be there the solution might change beautiful well Sachin it's been just fabulous to listen to you and hear your ideas around DataWise can we do it again can Absolutely. we meet again in a couple of months and oh. ask different questions and be more curious about something I would love to I would love to too alright beautiful thank you great thank you that's it This is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the consultant's consultant and you've been listening to Smarter Data People. This is part of what I do to understand how it is that data scientists can be more effective in the workplace, smarter, faster and nicer. And if you have a team and you're finding them harder to manage than they could be, if you're constantly trying to squeeze more out of your budget and out of their time and if you've got stakeholders or they've got stakeholders who are less than happy sometimes maybe a lot more than sometimes it can be really annoying and it can make you feel incompetent i can help you help them get to the important problems faster target the wasted time and save you time and money and ultimately delight stakeholders so that you can feel competent again it's such a good feeling talk to me